0: Listening to the EVs for Everyone podcast. My name is Elena Cicatelli, an award winning automotive executive, and I'm so excited to introduce you to some of the most dynamic thought leaders the EV economy has to offer. Listen in on honest conversations I have with the leading electric vehicle experts and uncover critical insights that will help you jump ahead and stay there. The electrification race is officially on, and these conversations have never been more important. So, whether you're an automotive executive or just an EV enthusiast, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. David Spisak is on the show. He is an automotive retail legend, content creator, podcaster, webinar creator. I'm I'm missing like five other things, David, but welcome to the show.
1: Uh, Thank you. Thank you. You're probably missing more than that. But um... Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, some of them are just so obscure, you know, or would date me, um, which is probably not hard, uh, cause my hair always does such a fantastic job of dating me anyways. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was plenty. Thank you for the kind introduction.
0: Oh, well, you're welcome. I know I missed about 15 other titles that you, that you have, but
1: dad, I dad, yes,
0: exactly. The uh, most important ones too, right? Well, and I again, thank you so much for taking the time. It was great to see you in person at NADA. I know that was just a, a whirlwind of meetings and just shaking hands and kissing babies. So. I
1: think I may have shook a few babies and kissed a few hands, too. That was awkward.
0: That was so awkward. But I really, (laughs) again, really wanted to have you on the show because you are just one of those people in the industry. You have such depth of, of of knowledge in auto retail. And you just came off of doing this really huge successful EV event, which I had the honor of being a part of last month. It was your uh, disruptive forces and automotive uh, retail EV event. David, we'd love for you to kind of just talk through the sheer response that you got from this webinar was just first of all it was mind boggling
1: yeah it was it was tremendous, but I think it's a I think that's a testament to um you know who was who was on the event right and I mean I think that if you think about it any time that any of us go to a show of any kind it's going to be largely driven by you know who we're going to see or who we're going to listen to, and so I was very fortunate um you know to have just an incredible lineup of speakers. I mean, just, uh, incredible diversity people inside of retail automotive people on the periphery or outside of retail automotive. Um, and we just had a tremendous lineup of incredibly gifted, smart, uh, savvy experienced men and women that, uh, Share my passion, you know, for automotive, for retail automotive and, and specifically, uh, for EVs in this case. And I want to thank you also for taking the time to join. You were on a really great panel with, uh, Diana Lee, who is a absolute trailblazer in automotive and now other uh, verticals as well in the area of social media technology. Uh, Liza Borchis, who's, um, Perhaps the quintessential dealer, one of them out there um, in every way in terms of the, the, the leadership that she provides. And Ash Saki, who I've known for many years, Ash, you know, Ash was a technologist and a futurist goodness sakes, probably 30, 40 years ago. And so it was wonderful to have him on because I haven't had him on anything in the last 20 plus years or so. But you take him and you take, you know, Jeff Pohanka, the chairman of NADA, and you take uh, Ron Fry and Chase Frazier and uh, Michael Dunn, uh, you know, who I think is, should be uh, labeled the czar of all things EV, um, Jimmy Douglas and just a Brian Kramer. I mean, just tremendous uh, group of people. And so, yes, we had a, such an incredibly favorable, positive response. Um, and I think that's also due to the fact that, you know, we covered everything from, uh, retailing those EVs, you know, to the the journey, the EV journey, life cycle journey or ownership journey for people to um, pre-owned EVs, which, you know, while EVs have been out in the market, Elena, as you know, since essentially 2012, um, it's still considered a very, very new business. It's, you know, essentially 11, 10, 11 years old. Um, but when you look at pre owned EVs, holy cow, it's, it's truly in its infancy. So it was really cool having uh, the, those particular people discuss that. And then you had the one and only Glenn Mercer, who nobody can tell a story or share research like Glenn, you know, Uh-oh. who is just equally brilliant and entertaining. I don't know how he does it, but he just can hit you with so much. Incredible research and knowledge and expertise, but do it in a way that brings in some levity, uh, in a in a truly unique uh, way. So it was awesome. I got a great response online, great line, uh, you know, on the social networks, uh, great response directly um, from dealers themselves. So it was it was pretty cool. And hey, like always you know, not everybody loved everything they heard. That's okay. That's Um, okay. I don't care. It's okay. It's like, we're not trying to get likes, you know, we're certainly just trying to help people get the information they need in order to create the best outcome for themselves, whether they're looking at buying a VV or whether they're selling EVs or servicing EVs or whatever it might be
0: whatever it might be and kudos to you and your team for pulling off a webinar because it is not easy from start to finish lining up. It is a lot of work.
1: People don't know this. I think from the moment that that first uh, was uttered as a, as a something to consider to the time it happened was only 60 days start to finish what? so from from the from the thought of doing it because of the timing prior to NADA because of what a what a huge topic it had become you know it was just uh, all of the information and misinformation that was out there and so I just decided to do that in mid November and um, and by mid January we were live and you know with twenty one really incredible speakers, uh really timely, uh worthwhile topics, great conversations, but getting the word out, getting the social out there, um, you know, I, my content team doing a brilliant job of creating the content and the teases. Uh and so it was just it was a great it was teamwork um, at its finest, for sure.
0: I thought that you were joking me when you said 60 days, because that that's just insane. What I really appreciated in your event is because the topics were so timely, I have to... I have to turn this episode around really fast because I want this episode to be very timely. The, the EPA um, announcement coming out in the last like 24 hour, the Biden administration now, they're saying we got to, you know, we're slowing the pace of the proposed yearly emissions requirements right through the, the 2030 year mark and and so now we're we're in a bit of a quandary now wouldn't you say
1: somebody's in a quandary i think a lot of people are in a quandary and somebody out there is gonna gonna come up with you know some wonderful uh joke about uh biden slowing things down it seems appropriate that he uh would need to do that and and uh but here's the thing here's what matters what matters is you know depending on uh you know, whose take? Somebody put this information out to right. people, sources yep. unnamed, of course. So let's start with that. <laughs> sources. Yeah. Un- anytime you have two people that are not wanting to reveal their sources, either, you know, their jobs are potentially in jeopardy or, or it could be some type of a spin doctor uh, type of a situation. Um, in this case, I think it's the former, not the latter. People don't want to get in trouble. Um, and so, you know, but they're talking about, hey, by 2030, 60% production was supposed to be EV, supposed to be 65% by 2032. I don't know why, you know, they expect us to get from 8% to 60% in, in just the next six years, but only go another 5% in two years. Doesn't make sense to me. But what makes less sense Is anybody thinking with the realities of infrastructure where we are today, with the realities of affordability being a problem as it is today and a host of other issues, how in God's name are we going to get between between here and then 60 percent? We're only like not even tapping nine percent. And Q4 actually saw a slowdown. I mean, we're in the midst of a pretty significant lag. You know, it's just the EV demand isn't there. It's not keeping up with the with the proliferation of models that's coming out. It's not keeping up with the production. You have a lot of dealerships out there, manufacturers like BMW and Mercedes, which may have 15, 18, 20, 30 percent of their dealers allocation now hung up into EVs. Now that might be fine in California where you're selling 25, 30, 40% EVs, depending on the market and the brand. Right. But you've got other markets. The majority of other markets are sub 8%. Some of them, many of them are sub 5%. So you take markets in the Midwest to where, even those dealers have got fifteen to twenty-five percent, thirty percent EV inventory, and they're only selling eight percent of their vehicles in EVs. That's a big disconnect. The other thing is that in this article, at least the one that was uh, cited um by Reuters, um that came out of Reuters was it literally showed that we were going to go from a sixty percent target to under a sixty percent target. Hey, how about that for definition? Huh, that's good reporting right there. We're going to go from sixty to under <laughs> yeah. sixty. I don't know, maybe fifty nine and a half. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. What does that even mean? I but don't know. Th- the reality is this. Here's the biggest takeaway. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because the government cannot dictate what I or you or anybody else buys. They cannot dictate what we want. Consumers alone can dictate that. They can dictate, terrifyingly, they can dictate potentially through regulation what percentage of new car production will end up being EVs. But, you know, that's it. So what happens? What happens if we follow the natural path, the trajectory of demand that we're seeing today? And that's based on the current incentives, the current things that are out there, both by OEMs and government. What happens if nothing changes on the incentive front? Well, I I think you could take out an old school protractor, right, or a ruler or something and some graph paper, and we could all connect the dots here. Probably any eight-year-old could connect the dots and see, we're not heading to 60 We're not possibly heading to 30% based on the current trajectory in the last few quarters. So what happens if we have 60% or 50% or 45% production tied up with EVs? And only 20 or 25 or 30% of the cars are being sold that way. And by the way, let's strip off those incentives. Let's strip off all of those regulations and mandates in California, anywhere else. What would the natural organic demand be? Would it even be 10%? I don't know. In yeah. the EU, it's less than it, 15%, and they're throwing the kitchen sink at it. China's <laughs> throwing the kitchen sink. China is a socialist government. They can tell you, you're going to buy this car. You're still only 40%. <laughs> That's just good. So, this, is, this is the car I'm that you're getting. Like, yeah. what am I missing? Unless, you know, we completely convert to socialism, and I... what, we can make it up to 40%? By 20, I don't know. So don't it's going to be interesting. It's going to be I... interesting. You know, the one thing I could say about... uh EVs, whether you're pro or against them, I'm, I'm pro, you know, logic, I'm pro common sense. I'm pro profitability. I'm pro viability in business. I'm pro, you know, not uh, over promising and under delivering when it comes to those things. But, you know, I'm not against EVs as a technology Uh, uh, far from it. I think that it, you know, has potential there. I just think that uh, we, have put the proverbial cart before the horse. You know, I mean, this is, we've invented an ice vehicle and then thought, oh shit, we better go discover gasoline or find some more gasoline. All we have is these three, three, you know, one gallon cans. I mean, it's just, we don't have, we're not there yet. We're not ready yet. So that will change. I mean, everybody's got to keep this in mind. If you're anti-EV, keep this in mind. You know, when uh, cars first started out, they were nothing great. I mean, the original ICE car was nothing great. I mean, the suspension was terrible. The tires were terrible. The ride was terrible. The reliability was terrible. The range was terrible, right? Everything was terrible. And then it got better. And guess what? EVs have gotten better. We're a long way from that Tesla Roadster, which really uh i didn't you know come on let's be honest that was that was not a an awesome car i don't think i think it was an awesome breakthrough but an awesome car probably not the tesla 3 blows it away you know how much was that roadster originally you got you, you paid this and got that now you right. pay this and get that i mean yeah. that's progress <laughs> yeah, exactly. right so the, yeah. here's my my concern my concern is where do we go from here in terms of from that end, the affordability and the value end? So big jump roadster to three, but now based on where we are now, where you've got this, like I said, this massive proliferation of EV models, we're about to double the number of models available. You know, there are, there are virtually none that are under $40,000, right? Maybe a handful. Um, and, but the majority of them are going to be over sixty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars or more. They're going to result yeah. in a thousand, twelve hundred dollar payment or more, which can uh, not be afforded by the vast majority of the buying public out there. So why would you want to produce something that maybe only twenty or thirty percent of the entire market would either a be interested in and b be able to afford? So right. here's where it gets uh, potentially a little dodgy, a little messy. Um, is, you know, in a matter of the next couple of years, in all likelihood, we're going to see BYD and others. VinFast is here. VinFast recently announced a special lease program where somebody could get into their car, I want to say for $250 a month. So if you happen to be one of the other manufacturers, how do you compete with that? right? Think of how much you'd have to subsidize your car to compete with that. It's said that Ford, you know, based on the current cost structure is losing 40 to $60,000 per vehicle. Um, And you look at Rivian $31,000 loss per vehicle. So, what, What do you do then if you now have to all of a sudden compete with BYDA, who's going to come in, they're going to use dealership and a dealership franchise model. Very smart. They're going to build their cars in Mexico. Very smart. Right. So they'll still right. qualify. Right. And they're going to build vehicles that I mean, right now they're building vehicles for under thirty thousand dollars. There's there's Chinese EVs out there, guys, with a solid state battery, you know, solid state battery, the one everybody's talking about is going to come someday. They have it.
0: It's already. already yes, exactly.
1: Mile range. Thirty thousand dollars. So what happens to all of these manufacturers, traditional manufacturers that are putting out EVs? that are $40,000, $60,000 or more, and they're going to wake up in a year and a half or two years competing with companies that have a very distinct, very significant uh, and um, ongoing competitive advantage when it comes to pricing.
0: So then do dealers, are they stuck left holding the bag? Like if things start to go sideways? (laughs)
1: Absolutely. I don't know if it's going to get so drastic that we'll someday see, you know, some, you know, poor EV model that ends up at a dollar store. I'm waiting for that to happen, right? You go to a dollar store and, you know, I always wondered if. Things were really a dollar and a dollar store. And I wandered into one, one time I, I landed somewhere and it was just like, it seemed like dollar stores were everywhere. And I thought, man, I'm going to check this out. Sure enough. I mean, this is a dollar, that's a dollar, that's a dollar. So, you know, they're buying things for 90, you know, for what? 10 cents on the dollar products that somebody invested a ton of money in didn't sell, didn't sell through. It ends up at a dollar store. So Man, that's not going to happen. Obviously, that would be extreme. It's not going to happen with, uh, EVs, but let's be honest. What happens? What happens two years from now? You know, it, not if, when. Not if BYD's got an office on Figueroa in LA. Go check it out right now. They're there. They're here. VinFast has an office. So does Sony Honda has an office for the Afila. These guys are all hunkering down. They're doing recon, They're doing research. They're figuring out, you know, what their game plan is going to be. They're putting together management teams and strategies and market launch strategies, you know, pricing strategies. So when that happens, And all of a sudden we've got well over a hundred models that somebody can choose from with that level of price disparity. It's going to be interesting because we want, if you're the EV manufacturers, we want broad appeal and broad acceptance, broad adoption, but you can't have broad adoption North of 60 grand. It's not going to happen anytime soon, especially with the interest rates. Um, So We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Interest rates are going to drop. We know that's going to drop in the next 12 to 18 months. Um, maybe not so much this year, but they will in the next 12 to 18 months. Life will get better. Uh, dealers are resilient. Their consumers are resilient. But what you said, in my mind, uh, Elena, is absolutely true. Who's going to get left holding the bag? Is it the OEM? Nope they're going to wholesale them to the dealers. Is it the consumer? Nope. They get to choose whether they want to buy it or not. But the dealers, if you're a franchise dealer, you will end up with those models. And we went through this PT Cruiser. We went through this Fiat 500. We went through this. uh, What's another one? Um, Pontiac Aztec. We went through this where they come up with, you know, some some model that clearly has no or little appeal in the marketplace and the dealers end up having to be the ones to figure out how to find a home for all of these. Um, by the way, just as an aside and a shout out to a Jimmy Douglas and and that fine team over there. Um, the used car market is giving people an opportunity that otherwise could not afford EVs to actually acquire an EV because, mm-hmm. You know, Hertz just dumped twenty thousand of those bad boys in the market, which, by the way, doubled the number of used EVs in the market uh, in a fell swoop. And I mean, you had Model Threes, twenty twenty ones, in in the low to mid twenties. Yeah. Um, that's 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 pretty amazing. So, uh, I also think that's going to end up with some twists and turns. It's it's very much in its infancy, but I could see a situation, Elena. As things start to play out where we're going to have all these models, we're not going to have the demand for them. They're going to end up, I think, becoming at some point, maybe rental cars, loaner cars and dealerships. They're going to get depreciated. They're going to end up in a used car scenario like an auction. And they're going to probably at that point uh, find their way more likely into somebody's home because they do have a greater affordability right. factor.
0: Yeah, we are running up on time. I do want to get your final thought. If you had dealerships today, what would you be doing in terms of EVs?
1: Well, first of all, you have to consider what market you're in. You know, you have to, it's always about the data. You've got to know your numbers. And if you're in a market where 2% of the new cars are EVs, then you could make a decision that whether I want to participate or not participate. And if you don't participate, the question is can I backfill the 2% Mm. of new cars I'm not going to be able to sell? Uh, by selling something else, maybe more used cars, or maybe I could find other new cars to sell. That's possible. If you're in a market that's growing like most, and even markets that were not supposed to be pro-EV, right? Red states are less likely to be pro-EV. Um, blue states are more likely to be pro-EV. Take New York, for example, in California, Oregon, Washington, versus Texas, and uh, Midwest, Nebraska, and maybe Florida. But if you look at the top five search markets for EVs, two of them are Texas and Florida. Things are shifting. Okay. Um, so if you're in somewhere like Florida and Texas and you're not necessarily pro-EV and your market's, you know, very much pro-ICE, but it represents five, seven, eight, ten 10% or more prospectively of the new car sold in your area. What you have to ask yourself is take last year's financial statement, reduce it by those eight or 10%. What's your statement look like? What's your profit look like? So if it was me, based on the market I was in, I would make sure that, that I was probably in that EV market, I would make sure that I had specialists in my dealership. I would make sure like Liza Borshius recommends that I provided plenty of training through Bev Everything or some other fine company like that. If you're going to be in, get in. If you're <laughs> not going to be in, get out. And get you know, out. <laughs> you're, you're not going to win. I would not be somebody prone to dabble in the new car or dabble in the pre-owned market. I would have to be all in. And typically when I do anything, I prefer to be all in.
0: That is the perfect note to end on. David, we could talk about this all day. I want to have you on the podcast. For Much like to people's an- dismay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do, do like another another 30 minutes here. But really quickly, what can people uh, look out for in the future? I think you had mentioned in April, you're doing another a webinar, fantastic event happening.
1: Yeah, we'll do another virtual event, Disruptive Forces in Retail Automotive, a virtual event coming up in April. So the word will get out on that in the next probably four weeks or so, three to four weeks on that topic and that lineup of speakers. I'm super looking forward to that one as well. Um, I could always be found on LinkedIn, uh, whether people like it or not. Uh, I'm on there every single week. Um And, you know, just giving my take and I'm not trying to get invited to anybody's poll party. I'm simply trying to put good information out there that people could use uh, for their own purposes um, to create a great outcome. So you could certainly find me there www.davidspiezak.com. You could find my automotive podcast and entrepreneurial podcast there. And of course, Disruptive growth solutions uh, for my um, boutique consulting firm, where we do consulting and advisory work for dealers across the country, as well as for some of those great tech companies that are working to provide solutions to those very same dealers.
0: Perfect. Well, okay. Everybody that's listening to this episode definitely needs to go and subscribe to David's podcast because it's amazing. Go and smash that subscribe button for David. This has been amazing. I know thank that you I'm for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. I am so just pleased that you're here and pleased to know you and call you friend. So this has been awesome. Thank you, David.
1: It's a pleasure. Wishing you all the best. And look forward to seeing you at other industry events and who knows, maybe another virtual event. Helena, thanks again. I appreciate it. All the best
0: so much for listening to the evs for everyone podcast if you enjoyed this episode go ahead and subscribe to the show and leave a five-star review with a comment we read every single comment so thank you in advance if you have an idea for an upcoming episode or you would like to be a guest on the show go to evs the number four everyone.com contact that's evs the number four everyone.com contact until next time keep charging forward